That's at Jeff Ward Show. You can also check out the podcast that we drop each day. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. I would say the same for the YouTube channel. I think it should be up shortly. We drop a YouTube segment each afternoon. Subscribe to it. That's Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. Okay, I'm surprised it took this long, but here we go. The owner, president, general manager, coach, and PR director of the Dallas Cowboys had to say something after his team got their face kicked in 42 to 10 by the San Francisco 49ers. He has who knows how many this week. It must be 10, 11, 12 different shows that he does. So he couldn't avoid it very long. He really couldn't. And you can grade him however you would like on his responses. Um, (laughs) Be kind if you can. I think he's kind of losing it. But grade him however you want. His responses predictably are rambling. At times, the owner, coach, general manager, PR director of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, at times he's optimistic, which he always does. You know, it's a kind of a lovable characteristic about Jerry Jones is that he, he is an optimist. And so at times when he started talking about his team getting their face kicked in, he was optimistic. He was maybe more often than optimistic, delusional. Also at times, he completely undercut his entire coaching staff. I don't think, does he know what he's saying? I'll I'll leave that up to you Um, because it is a real case study in the elderly and Jerry Jones. Um, You know, you can't dismiss that the guy's old. All right. So be, be kind when you're judging him and assessing him and how he's responded to his team getting kicked in. I will say more than once. There's really only one way to respond to getting drilled 42 to 10, and it's not even that close, and that is pretty much just shut up and get in your lane. We got our face kicked in tonight. We're better than that. Have a nice day, everyone. The more you talk, the worse it gets. That's just a simple rule in life. You know why it's good that people ramble aimlessly? People like Jerry Jones ramble aimlessly. It's good for my business. What's bad for my business is if you just shut up and get in your lane. But, you know, Jerry, he's not going to do that. He can't do that. He's got too many shows. So Jerry is talking, and the one thing you can take away from this, I mean, it's, uh, it's, at times it's awkward and uncomfortable, but I will say this. This is very clear. And he went out of his way to make it clear. And I don't know that I fault him for this. He's got Dak Prescott's back. Publicly, he's got Dak Prescott's back. I don't know what privately. I have no idea. He traded for another quarterback, so I don't know how privately he has his back. But publicly, he did go out of his way to have his back. Now, he traded for another quarterback, but he still says Dak Prescott is the guy to take this team to the Super Bowl. He made it very clear. He went there. He doubled down on it. And I don't know that I fault him for that. I don't think it's going to work. But I don't that I fault him for saying it. So here he goes on his weekly show with some dudes with hats and neck beards on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. First up, ooh, uh, hang in there. He rambles aimlessly. Okay, it's, uh, 
I don't know how long the show is supposed to be, but when Jerry's on, it takes three hours. He proceeds to, in addition to rambling aimlessly, listen carefully because he proceeds to throw his head coach under the bus. When you face San Francisco next time, that, that maybe you would have liked to see seen Sunday. Yeah, well, that's that's a good point. You did at the last bring in San Francisco. We're not going to be playing San Francisco every Sunday, and they're a good team. Uh, but this one we're playing this weekend's a good team too, and so uh, I think that we can uh, do some things differently in uh, uh, how we uh, 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 attack them, uh, our strategies. Uh, some of the things that we tried to uh, do out there uh, Sunday night, uh, on hindsight, we'd do it differently. And so uh, I think that uh, uh, we, uh, uh, first of all, uh, let's just take offensively, uh, we could go to the interior more well, with, our, with our physical, with our running game. Uh, we could go to, um, uh, uh, we could go, uh, <laughs> on the same hand, we could do some things by stretching them out a little more. Uh, we could uh, 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 do some things in our route running that was differently than, than we did out there Sunday. All of those things are, are areas that we can get better in. Do we have the ability to do this? I think that's the question every fan you should be asking. Uh, do we have the players? Uh, do we have the healthy players that can get this done? Do we have the players that can do the protections and the blocks? The answer is we do. Uh, do we have defense that's uh, capable of taking those quick throws and those quick throws in the middle of the field? Uh, uh, do we have the ability to uh, it just just something as mundane as having your players get their arms up more? When we get our when we got our arms up, we knocked a couple of them down. We've got the way to make those kinds of adjustments. So, Jerry. Okay. Oh. Well, listen. Um. First of all, I don't know which one is it, Jer. Uh, we want to run inside. We want to spread them out. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so, um, all right. That uh, that couldn't feel good if you're the head coach, but I guess you're probably used to it. Um, Jeff, what was that about? I don't know. I don't know. And neither do you. And I don't know. Neither does he. We're going to go outside, inside, and do some stuff over here, block some passes, and yeah. Now, he's glossing over the fact that his team promptly threw a couple interceptions and they were behind 14-0 before you could even blink, but whatever. All right, so then he goes into, this is, I again, to slightly defend Jerry Jones, and I think this is why the man is remarkably successful. Successful meaning making a bunch of money and selling stuff. Here he does that always optimistic Jerry thing. He's in. I'm not panicked, uh, but the gap is, uh, I don't want to, uh, uh, when some, something tells you what it is, uh, don't try to dream that it's something else. Now, what I'm trying to say is we can do better than what we did out there Sunday night. There's, uh, that's a given. We can do better. We have the potential to do better. We have the preparation to do better. We didn't do it at all to be trite about it Sunday night. But can we change? Uh, my life has always been working for myself. And uh, consequently, when you work for yourself, you have to change what you're looking at in the mirror. That doesn't work anymore or that's not working and you have to go change it. 
in this particular case, we have to do some changes from within. And I'm talking technical things now. I'm not talking about the will and the attitude and the work ethic. It's with this team. The team's got that. And we have players in place. Do we have a quarterback? Let me be very affirmative. I completely uh, believe that we have the quarterback that can take us where we want to go. Do we have the coaching staff on both sides of the ball? And I certainly do. Did Sunday reflect that? No. Is this the NFL where every team on any day has got a chance to uh, beat the other team? Yes. It isn't a given that every time San Francisco will line up this year that they'll come out of there uh, with a win. This thing's as even as any sport, as any league there is on the planet. And you can lose a game in the NFL against anybody you're lining up against. Jerry, you mentioned... Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Uh, I don't know that that was so bad. I mean, I don't. Um, I think those little Jerry anecdotes about my life and stuff, I think it works pretty well. Um, I think he's... That's, look, the first part of that, I, I've got a, an answer for that. Um, no, you're not... They're not that bad. Here's what you can't do, and I know fans don't like this. You can't just pivot. You can't reinvent yourself. You can't change that much. Everyone, including the old man, tries to make football far more complicated than it really is. It's not. And you can't just pivot and be something else five, six, seven games into the NFL. Okay, so there is no, there's no magic thing. I'm not sure what he's implying here, but there's nothing magical that you can fix. You have to just line up and play the best you can, as often as you can, and if it's good enough, it's good enough. I do think he was hinting at some of that. I'm not sure that was so bad. Uh, then he triples down on his quarterback, who was absolutely outplayed, outclassed in every way by a seventh-round draft pick of a player who is coming off a severe injury in his second year, who is light years better than Jerry's quarterback. That the quarterback is the guy. No, the results are very obvious. We haven't won a Super Bowl. Hmm. Uh, we've had go. good, would you agree that we've had good games over yes, the years? absolutely. What? Okay, and we've had some bad games. Do you know any team that hasn't had that happen to them? Nope. Now, consequently, I will say that we haven't gotten our big years when we should have. We've been real close a few times and haven't gotten our big years. Uh, those, that's not excuses. That's not anything. But if you think for one minute that there's any particular thing that I could put my f finger on that basically says we need to do that differently, we need to do that differently, uh, that then it's combinations of things. Uh, Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl and uh, uh, that's uh, that, that's the way that's going to be. Uh, we have uh, other quarterbacks on that roster, and uh, and, and uh, um, players that uh, certainly, if something should happen to Dak, but I want to be real clear, uh, Dak's very capable of making this team be where we want it to go. Jerry, do you think that the the, the... okay? No, he's not. Um. That wasn't that wasn't delivered well. Uh, it didn't come across well. That didn't play well. Um, you know, I'll, for the five hundredth time, 
The Dallas Cowboys are really lucky. Their quarterback is the ultimate corporate company man who shows up and says all the right things and never says what most of us would probably say, F you, old man. Um, the dude, <laughs> he's got a, he has thick skin, man. The guy can take a lot, that Dak Prescott. No, no, he's not that good, Jerry. And I think at some level, even Jerry knows it and is eating Jerry alive. All right, so you judge all that however you want. You piece it together however you want. Feel sorry for him however you want. Make the jokes that he needs to go to Trembling Hills with Rudy Giuliani all you want. He needs a diaper all you want. You say whatever you want. It's it's out there. He's chumming the water. Um, my reaction to a lot of this, here we go. What's he supposed to say? Now, for starters, I would say nothing would be a good start. That would be a nice change of place, change of pace. Just shut your old face. But he can't do that. So that's off the table. Um, not saying anything is not an option. Not saying much is not an option for him either. Dallas is... Um, no teams can just pivot and change. You don't just reinvent these small rosters... Just because you got your nose bloodied, it's um, you don't. You build it a certain way, and you have to go with it for the duration. They're built a certain way. I don't think they're built as badly as most of you think. I don't think the butt kicking they took by San Francisco is a reflection of how bad Dallas is. I think it's a reflection of how good San Francisco is. I don't think people are. We're always caught up, and it's easy to say, the quarterback's an idiot, it must be his fault. Is anybody going to take a step back and notice how good San Francisco is? I think you probably should. It's the best roster put together in the past 15 years. They're as close to looking just like they did when they were winning Super Bowls at any time in that franchise's history. They are right now what Dallas wants to be right now. They want to be a reflection of what they look like when they're winning a bunch. And San Francisco looks exactly like those teams that were winning championships. In fact, I'll take it a nerdy step further. They even have a fullback. It's the craziest thing. I can't believe more people don't notice. My gosh, that's retro football. They got a number 44 who plays fullback. Remember what the 49ers used to look like when they were winning championships? Remember what Dallas looked like when they were winning championships? They both had these signature fullbacks who could do a bunch of stuff. That's the 49ers of 2023. It's remarkable how much that team now looks like a team from the 90s. They're everything Dallas wants to be, and they're built just like they were decades ago. And it still works. Imagine that. When I, that dude can shove you down, it works. When that guy can outrun you, it works. When their fullback is leading someone up to block, imagine that. That stuff still works. That's what's most remarkable to me about San Francisco and Dallas is, one, how good San Francisco is. Two, how good they are, and they look just like they did in about 1994, including their quarterback. But he is right about this, that, and you saw Dallas loses to Arizona. San Francisco, it'll be, it'll be the best thing that happens to them. They need to lose, too, and they'll lose somewhere along the way. It's uh, the business, and that game takes too much energy out of you. You can't stay at a high level every single week. 
you know, the question is how, how many times, how many Sundays or Thursdays can you get to a high level? And San Francisco, if they stay at a high level most of the time, they're going to win. They might win them all. But they're going to have a day when they're tired. It's going to happen. Um, so he's right about that. He didn't say it very clearly, but he's right about that. Teams will have bad days, and teams will have injuries. I don't think Dallas is that far behind other NFL teams. I don't. I think when they're playing their best and they're healthy, San Francisco is that far superior to everyone else, including Dallas. Dallas was overwhelmed by the best roster in the NFL of easily the past 15 years. San Francisco is better than everyone else in the league when they bring their A game. They're better than everyone else in the league when they bring their B game. They're better than everyone else, period. Dallas can't panic. He's right in saying that. He should have done a better job of not acting like he's panicking, but that's impossible for him. He's right, though. Dallas can't panic, and they can't reinvent themselves. you got to get your head down. you got to get back in your lane, shut your face, and go play. That's all you can do. Um, I don't think Dallas is done. I don't. Um, not at all. But they've got to find their way to, to bounce back because they play a pretty good team the next week. They'll be. Now, the problem is they don't get themselves together pretty quickly. They'll be staring at a five or six seed after San Francisco, Philadelphia, Seattle, Detroit, maybe even Tampa. Um, what Jerry Jones and Micah Parsons should have done post-game, neither of them did it. They should have taken a page from Dak Prescott and said, that's not the best of us. We can be better than that. We'll get better than that. Have a nice day. That's it. Stoic and quiet and move on. They didn't do that. Own that you got drilled and then just shut up. That's all you can do. Um, just say you're better than that and then stop talking. Now, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Jerry doubled down about his quarterback. All people ever want to talk about our quarterbacks, so I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, I think he had to double down. He had to have his quarterbacks back because that's it, man. That's your guy. And he's not bad. He's not bad. He's not the dumpster fire that people make him out to be. Then again, he's not nearly as good as Jerry makes him out to be, and that's a problem. The 49ers quarterback is better than the Dallas quarterback by far. That is a proven fact. I think now more people realize it than before. Brock Purdy has a better arm. He has, He's far more accurate. He makes better decisions. He's more mobile. He's got an excellent coach, and he's much, much, much cheaper. Those are all good things. That's just a fact. Now, I would say this even further. He's got a better arm. He's more accurate. He makes better decisions. He's more mobile, and he's got an excellent coach and much, much, much cheaper than most of the quarterbacks playing in the league now. It's not just an indictment of Dak Prescott. The 49ers quarterback... Oh, gosh, looks a lot like the guy that used to play for the 49ers in distributing the ball. They look just like they used to look. It's amazing. Stop for a second and think about the time growing up when the 49ers were winning championships. My gosh, this team looks just like that. Built exactly the same way with a quarterback that, oh, I could say all those things, except he wasn't cheap. So... The thing about that, Brock Purdy is he's all of those things. He's the real thing. He's that good. Uh, he's not going to be cheap much longer, 
but that's the way it works. He's also surrounded by the most talent the 49ers have had since they were winning Super Bowls. He's better than all but five or six quarterbacks in the NFL today, and that includes Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's probably not in the top ten. That's just a fact. Brock Purdy's in the top six. That's a fact. But he's playing with a ridiculously good roster. How good they are is crazy right now. So Dak Prescott is good. He's expensive, and he's good. He's a really solid guy. He's the first guy at the office. He's the guy with the name tag. He's the guy that might bring bagels to your next meeting. I don't know. He's that guy. He's expensive, and he's good. He's also surrounded by something far less than the talent that Brock Purdy has. He can't move like he used to. He's good and very expensive. He can throw like he did at one time, and he's good and very expensive. Brock Purdy is excellent and cheap. That's like the best combination you can have in the pro in pro football these days. That, that doesn't even exist. Everyone who's excellent is expensive. Their guy's excellent and cheap. And that means he can be surrounded by excellent and not cheap. They're built perfectly. Dallas is not. Neither is any other team in the NFL. So Jerry's rambling. Jerry's not that far off. Jerry's just being Jerry. He's doubling down on Dak Prescott. That's fine. He is what he is. Um, But I think this whole time is going to be focused on looking for all the flaws in Dallas when you probably ought to just step back and say, yeah, sometimes you're watching one of the best teams in decades. They can stay healthy. They run the table. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. On the phone number is 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027 on Twitter. It's at Jeff Ward Show. Oh, boy. Everyone's rambling. Oh, I shouldn't even... You know, I mean, it's like... You mentioned Dak Prescott. uh, It's... I don't know. It's like saying Donald Trump or something. I don't know. It just triggers people. It's like a trigger. And I don't mean to compare it to Donald Trump. I'm just saying the the impact of the trigger just sets people off. It's remarkable. I, I've given you the explanation. It is what it is. You went so hard. Everyone went so hard to make the game so simple that it's just about quarterbacks. That's it. No, that's not it. All right, here we go with the triggering. Did I did I really do that? Did I compare? I didn't compare him to Donald Trump. I said the triggering is that of Donald Trump. Got it? All right, at Jeff Ward Show, Jarrah has spoken. Dak Prescott, see, Dak Prescott is the one to take us to the Super Bowl. Jarrah is comedy gold. No, make that platinum. I don't know why. You know what I don't get? I mean... Jerry talks so much. Do you think it increased? Like, the Cowboys are the most valuable franchise on the planet. 
There is that has nothing to do with how much he talks. I don't think. I don't. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to hype ticket sales and all that stuff. He doesn't have to do that. They're going to sell no matter what. The value the value of the Cowboys, I don't think, has anything to do with Jerry Jones and his rambling aimlessly. The value of the Cowboys is it's just the networks, demand, stupid taxpayers, more stupid taxpayers, and a bunch of money that'll buy skyboxes and beer. Jerry can market and sell. I don't think it has anything to do with how much he talks. Other people would argue. Uh, at Jeff Ward show. Um, more stoppages. So you want to outlaw the tush push, Jeff? Is that really what it's called? I think that might be it. Yes, I do. More stoppages for penalties. A penalty that is hardly important when football is becoming harder to watch due to stoppages. You also said earlier, just play football or something similar. I agree with that part, brother. No, I do. I do want to. I, I think that tush push is ridiculous. So yeah, I want to outlaw it. You don't have to stop it if somebody doesn't do it. Right? I disagree with you. Uh, it's not a scrum. It's not rugby. All right, what a setup that is. Uh, he is Cedric Golden, a famous writer for the Austin American Statesman. We're going to do some buy or sell because there's plenty here to buy or sell. Uh, this is the way it works. There's a statement made. Cedric and myself, along with all of you, are either buying it or you're selling it. There are five or buy or sell statements. We finish up with a moment of jackassery. That's the way it works. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is Buy or Sell. That's Buy or Freaking Sell. All right, I'll do this today. Uh, buy or Sell. The Texas loss to Oklahoma was more damaging than the Dallas loss to San Francisco. Hang on, you sound great on a speaker, Sad. You're just not coming up over the air. I mean, I save that rant. Hang on, give us four seconds for that. It was I promise everyone it was a good it was a good start to a rant at first. He flipped out. <laughs> you have to replicate, man. Hang on, it doesn't do any good if uh if it doesn't come out over the air. I'll repeat it again. All right, so I'll do this again. Just to, I'll do it slowly so Isaac can set it all up on uh on Zoom. Okay, it goes buy or sell. The Texas loss to Oklahoma was more damaging. Give me the thumbs up when I'm ready, Isaac. The Texas loss to Oklahoma was more damaging, impactful, than the Dallas loss to San Francisco. Oh, boy. On speaker still. It was still good, though. Hang on there. It was another good rant. It's just, okay, I'll do it again for you. Just hang in there. The Texas loss to Oklahoma was more impactful and damaging than the Dallas loss to San Francisco. Buy or sell? Go, young man. Of course it was. I'm buying. Texas had a legit claim to being the best team in the country leading up to that game, and they lost it. They had the best resume. They went into Tuscaloosa and won by double digits. That that win is looking better and better by the minute. 
They had a dominating defense and a deep roster that had avoided major injuries. Now they're back in the peloton with a couple of dozen other teams. Losing that one game is huge because the unbeatens are an exclusive club that gets smaller each week. In Dallas's case, they knew the Niners were better. They knew they were going to get beat. They aren't as good as Jeff Ward thought. Michael Parsons had no business lining up in front of Trent Williams. Dak is no longer a difference maker. They don't have a hammer at running back. You're running Tony Pollard between the tackles. Where's Kellen Moore when you need him? The Cowboys are a mess, and the Longhorns let a great opportunity get away. Yeah, I'm buying too. Uh, they were Final Four bound. They, no, it was absolutely Final Four bound with a win. Now it is sketchy that it's Final Four bound. Uh, although I'm not going to say it's impossible for Texas, but they got to have a lot of stuff go their way. And the risky part for Texas, as everyone now knows, is there are a bunch of undefeated teams. The upside for Texas is their name is Texas. And the committee that selects the Final Four doesn't seem to like the best league in the country all that much. That's the Pac-12 because their one-loss team deserves it more than a one-loss Big 12 team. But I'm not so sure they will see it that way. So, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Dallas, you're going to laugh at me. I think Dallas is still can be really good. Um, I think San Francisco is almost a duplicate of the days of Tom Rathman, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, all those guys, they're as loaded as any team has been in 15 to 20 years, maybe even longer than that. I think they're that good when healthy and they bring their A game. Uh, I just think if they if they show up and play and show up or healthy, they beat everybody pretty easily. I still think Dallas is good. I think Dallas is... Now the problem for Dallas is what's impactful about the Dallas loss are the real numbers. So they have now have to, at best draw against the Eagles and go one and one. They're going to have to. If they go into against the Eagles, they're going to be staring at a six seed. So it, it, yeah, San Francisco's better. Yes, more than likely Dallas was going to lose that game. Even I thought so. But I think the numbers here are starting to work against them pretty fast. I mean, they've now two games back, and that means you have to split with Philly. I'm not sure. I assume they can do that, but it gets pretty dicey pretty quick. Speaking of which, buy or sell. Dallas will not be higher than an NFC playoff four seed. Buying. They're they're not going to win the East. We know that, don't we, Jeff? Jeff, you got to take those cowboy goggles off. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that you gotta was Got to take them off. Got to take them off. It is it's painful. It's painful to listen to you try to explain away an average football team. A good defense, but an average football team. Defense no longer wins championships in our area. Offense wins championships. The top four division winners are going to get those top four spots. Dallas won't be one of them. Eagles going to win the East. San Francisco's going to going to win the West. Uh, Detroit's going to win the North, and New Orleans is going to win the South. Then you might get Dallas at number five at best. It's really top-heavy in the NFC. There aren't that many good teams. Right. Green Bay's not very good. Um, Minnesota and Chicago are a dumpster fire. The Rams are up and down. I think Seattle is probably going to sneak in there for that number five spot. 
maybe one playoff win for Dallas, and that will be it. And then Jerry's going to have to decide if if the McCarthyism era is over. Because what I'm looking at, and I know you said they're still a good team, boy, they sure smell like a a nine and eight or a ten and seven, and that's mediocre at best. They're not going to. I buy it. They're not going to be a four seed for sure. Um, I I don't I don't know the math is just not it's now it's not on their side. Um, and it's you know it's not even we're not even November. The math is not on their side. I do I do th- I do think they're a good team. I do. I um I, that defense is good enough against most of the people they play. It, what would the the big concern for Dallas is I think Seattle might be everything Dallas wants to be and I think their quarterback might be playing better. What I mean by that is Seattle is a perfect example of defense wins. They're ridiculously good on defense. They remind me of Dallas, except Geno Smith is now better than Dak Prescott. Um, so Which I never would have guessed. Yeah, I know, I know. I would have never picked that. But I think that I think Seattle is a better version of what I thought Dallas would be this time of year. Which is now that that I think is scariest for for Dallas, and that is you know you're not as good as San Francisco, you know you're not as good as Philadelphia, but you didn't think you were that far behind. Now all of a sudden I'm thinking you're now. F- further behind from Seattle, and that's now all of a sudden you're falling back in the pack. They're better than 9-8, and eight, though. I disagree with you there. They're not, that's, not, that's not a 9-8 and eight team. They can win enough. Now, you're going to know this weekend. This weekend is not – this weekend is a pivotal game for, their, for the psychology of the Dallas Cowboys. They're playing a good team with a stupid coach. They're playing a great quarterback, great, with a stupid coach. They're playing a really, really good offense with a stupid coach. Dallas better better win this weekend to fix themselves. They lose this weekend to a talented L.A. team. That Then it could start to spin away. Then Jerry talks too much. The locker room gets fractured. Uh, you've got yourself a dumpster fire. I think, I think, I think this weekend is huge for them. Just to, yeah, fix, you know just to fix themselves. Three games? You know their last three games of the year? I stopped Billy looking. at home. At Buffalo, at Miami. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's two more losses. I got a lot of. I got a lot they can win between now and then. There's games. Spin between. it, Jeff Ward. Spin it. Spin uh, it. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. They lose this weekend. I'm not spinning it. I'm. I'm. I'm completely off. Buy or sell. Texas wins the Big Twelve championship game over Oklahoma. I'm a homer. I'm buying. I love it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it because. Because they are just as good as Oklahoma. They just didn't play like it when it mattered the most. Uh, Why not Texas over Oklahoma? It happened in 2018 when the Horns beat the favorite Sooners in the regular season. Then OU came back and won the Big 12 title in the revenge game. I think it's set up. I think each team has favorable schedule. The Big 12 is just not great this year. Texas is going to have to avoid a couple of trap games. BYU is a trap game. Um, K-State, even though they didn't play well this past weekend, is probably a trap game. And uh, I I want it because I want to see Brett Yormark at Jerry World, uh, Eden Crow, because he, he has no interest in these schools that have made him a lot of money in their last year in the Big 12. So I think the Horns will learn from this, Jeff. Sark will be a better play caller from the one-yard line. That was just abysmal 
Quinn Ewers will be better in the rematch. He usually comes out smoking in um, money games, and this was that one game where he just didn't have it early. So I think that Texas, uh, with that experience in the locker room, will learn from this lesson in Dallas, and they'll be ready to go in the rematch. I think they're gonna they're gonna make it to the Big Twelve title, and they're gonna they're gonna win the Big Twelve championship over Oklahoma at Jerry World. I'm buying. Does that get them to the Final Four? No. Why not? I think New Year's Six. I think this. I I, I mean, it could happen. It happened with TCU, but I, I just think there might be one too many unbeaten teams still hanging around. And a one loss, I uh, one loss, Ohio State or Michigan, I think is going to get the edge over Texas. Yeah, I, I, it's one. It's a weird. It's a it's a weird time for them that this late there are this many undefeated teams because, you know, the ACC is going to have an undefeated team. I mean, I assume it's Florida State, but it could be Louisville, could be North Carolina. They're going to get an undefeated team. The SEC is going to get one no matter what, mm-hmm. undefeated or not. The Big Ten's going to get one absolutely no matter what. And now, now all of a sudden well, you're you running out of space. There's three, spo- there are three spots there. are taken. All, I mean, Texas has got to hope that Washington loses along the way, which might happen because it's the best league. And then I think it's going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to a one-loss Texas and a one-loss Pac-12 team. And the Pac-12 will deserve it more than Texas, but I still think they might get the, might get the beauty pageant win. It's not fair. It's no. Uh, no, actually, it's completely unfair. Okay, Texas wins the Big Twelve championship game over Oklahoma. I, I'll I'll buy it slightly. Um, I thought Texas. I, I thought Oklahoma outplayed Texas more than a lot of people. They were on the front foot. Um, they were the better tackling team. Texas was horrible at tackling. Uh, Those Dylan, corners. Dylan Gabriel was the was the best was the better quarterback on the field, start to finish. I don't know if Oklahoma can keep him healthy. They've already lost their best receiver. So, you know, they're going to – I don't know how, how – if they can stay at that high level. I don't know. But I'm thoroughly impressed. Uh, Texas didn't deserve to win at all. When you, when you can't score four tries from inside the two-foot line, you don't deserve to win. When you have a lead with 80 seconds left and you allow the opponent to return it to midfield, you don't deserve to win. And when you let the opponent score with 15 seconds left and no no timeouts, you don't deserve to win. Oklahoma deserved to win. They took that game. They won it. They did. Oh, I like this. Buy or sell. <laughs> the IOC is set to vote. That's the International Olympic Committee. That's code for the mob. They're mobsters. <laughs> <laughs> the IOC, arguably, the IOC makes FIFA, the governing body of soccer, look uh, look decent and moral, which is saying a lot. The IOC is set to vote on the inclusion of flag football as, as a sport for the 2028 Olympic Games in Los Angeles. Including flag football is a great addition, buy or sell. Horrible. Just horrible. I'm selling. I mean, what's next? Team bowling? Break, cooking, dance, break uh, dancing is in. Cooking, uh, clock clock making. Um, every beer guzzler in America who made honorable mention all district in 3A <laughs> will think he can turn the clock back and go try out 
for the United States flag football team is just a horrible, horrible idea. I mean, I think it'd be more interesting if they made sure that everybody, uh, that there was a minimum weight requirement of like 240. I mean, at least we would get some laughs because that's what you're going to get. We don't get to see, we just can't see that, can't unsee flag football as an event. I, I, I was made to play flag football fourth, fifth, and sixth grade because they wouldn't allow us to play tackle in school, even though we were playing tackle on the streets at our house. And so, you know, I'm down for lacrosse. I'm down for cricket. But flag football just turns my stomach. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a non, it's a non-starter. I, I know they're going to vote it in. Yeah. And I think they may have already done it. it I read the day that it was imminent. So um, I think it would be cool if you allow the ladies to play flag football. But make it real football for the for the men. There are enough there are enough guys out there that can suit up in pads and helmets. So I'm selling. Where are you going with the ladies and flag football thing? I mean, because we had powder puff in high school, and <laughs> no, and, the, no. and the girls love playing powder puff. And I know there are some women's football leagues with with helmets and pads, but I'd watch women's. Isn't flag there a football lingerie football, football league or something like that? Is that still around? There was a lingerie league in Austin. I know a friend that just kept trying to drag me to it. I was like, <laughs> dude, my wife found out I was at the lingerie football game. <laughs> I'd be sleeping under a bridge tonight. So I, ne I never darkened that door, Jeff. <laughs> when you're married, what's, uh, What's a greater no-go, the uh, midday strip club, porterhouse lunch, or the lingerie football league? Man, I, I, I yeah, uh, it's probably probably the five-dollar lobster tails would yeah. probably probably a no-go. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know, Jeff. Uh, you yeah, know, of since we, this is allegedly on the air, I wouldn't know. Uh, but I would guess the strip club would be way worse because the cost you're paying to see women scantily clad yeah so yeah all right that would be worse okay good um wow I, you know what don't do I'm it so, yeah <laughs> now i'm gonna buy it i'm buying it and um you know why i'm buying it because i give up so i'm buying this i submit to you that flag football is far more worthy of a gold medal stand of which surely we're going to win. Like we're going to make sure we have sports that we win. But it is more worthy of the Olympics than ballroom dancing, than ribbon dancing, than break dancing. I'll take flag football over any of those dancing elements, which are not sport, because I don't even believe figure skating is sport. It's great art. It's athletic, but it's not sport. Flag is football. Poker in there? Flag football is closer to sport. Sport is measurable. Sport is a scoreboard. That's what sport is. Sport is not art. I mean, I love art, but, you know, breakdancing is not sports. And breakdancing <laughs> break is in it. So I don't – I think it would be kind of cool to watch good players play flag football. I have no idea. I assume the rest of the world doesn't play, so we're just going to put it in there so we can win something. I assume here's, – here's when we know – the Olympics have been completely owned by the corrupt Americans. Cornhole. Are we going to really get have to watch countries like Sweden and Switzerland break dance? I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. Apparently, I mean, we are. I'll bet it's on prize. Coming up in the Paris Games is break dancing. Um, 
But I, I, I think we really know where this is going when we get cornhole because nobody else in the world, first of all, nobody else in the world smokes and drinks. I don't know if they probably smoke more than we do. They don't look like well, we they do. Smoke more in Europe than yeah, we do. They, they, they don't. You know, they probably don't drink like we do. But we know we have figured it out when cornhole is in the Olympics. That's when we've Americanized it fully. Just, just make sure it's in the Winter Olympics because I don't watch that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but breakdancing is in the upcoming Paris Games, I believe. Good Lord. I know. I know. All right. Buy or sell. Texas A&M head coach. I don't think there's ever a buy or sell that doesn't include a Jimbo Fisher's getting fired buy or sell. Jimbo Fisher is fired at the end of the season with five losses. Buy or sell? I'm selling. I, they're not, what is it going to be, like $75 million to fire yeah, him? Yeah. Man, I need that job. I, I, that's, that is the best job in the world is to be the head coach at A&M. And you're out of here and take that $75 million with you. Uh, sure, I'll do that. That, that. that sounds good to me. I think they'll stick with him for another season or maybe even two. Now, this is a big one this weekend, man. They they had it right there just when you're starting to hype them up yep. as a legitimate contender in yep. the SEC West. You got a mortal out of Alabama at the house. You can't even close that deal. And now here we are. You're going to Tennessee. You're a two-loss team already, and, and you haven't won a, t- a game, road game, true road game of consequence since 2021 when you beat Missouri. They are 1-8 in their last nine true road games. They're not exactly the road warriors. You know, Hawk and Animal are turning over in their grave. I, I believe that the Texas A&M Aggies are going to make a financial decision and they're going to keep Jimbo Fisher even if they lose five games. And I and and I, I just don't know where they would find the money to get him out of there. So I think he's going to survive. Uh, if they if he loses six, they'll pass the hat. But I think seven and five will still keep him his job. Do you think they get? Do you think they lose five? Uh, no. I had him at eight and four, and that sounds yeah. about right for them. I think eight and four. Yeah, I, I mean the schedule is set up so easily for him. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see him getting to five, and I. I, I'm selling this too. I, I have no I, for different reasons. I don't even know about the seventy-six million to buy him out. I have no idea what they think they would do, because, I, I mean, look the the obvious move is to go get Deion Sanders, right? He would never coach in College Station. I don't think so either. You give your reasons why, and I'm going to give mine. Why he would not? If A and M called tomorrow and said. You know what? We found a bunch of money. We had a telethon, whatever. Buddy, we, we got all the money. So uh, what would it take to bring you? You, th- uh, you, well, think, if, you think if they complete, threw a bunch of money, would he take Would he do it? It would take a, a complete com- a political overhaul in the state of Texas yep. to get Deion Sanders a coaching college station. Uh, he can ask my mentor, Kathleen McElroy, who, who's supposed to be running the journalism department down there, but she ran into some some dumbasses who forgot that journalism should shouldn't be the pawn of some political game. And bless her heart, she got a million dollars out of it, but I still 
wish he hadn't had to go through that. Deion Sanders is going to coach at a place where he can feel comfortable recruiting and and not having to worry about uh, something like that. Deion Sanders doesn't play well at a place like College Station, so I don't think he would make it there. Yeah, I I don't know how they could even pull it. I no, I I agree with you. I don't think it's a fit. I don't. I have no clue what they would do. Um, I mean, the obvious choice, you know, six months ago would have been if you could even buy out Jimbo Fisher is Sonny Dykes, but they're a wreck right now, so that's a tough sell. A seventy-six million dollar buyout, and then a coach is going to win four four games, maybe five. That's a tough sell. Trailer at UTSA struggling. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see options there. I, I I guess what I'm saying is I don't see a home run other than Deion Sanders. And I don't know how they would be even even if they even if they didn't operate in the political world that they do they do. Um, so it's all it's impossible to ignore the politics there because they don't want you to ignore the politics there. But even if they even if they found a way to to to, to open themselves up to Deion Sanders. That'd be a $76 million payoff to Jimbo Fisher. And I, I believe the Deion Sanders buyout as a month ago was probably 15. It may be higher today. There's another 15 to, to buy him out. Not to mention the salary you're going to have to throw in. It's a, it is a $100 million transaction. More than that. Yeah, probably so. More, you got the 70-something million to buy out Jimbo. And then you'll, you're going to have to offer Prime $100 million guaranteed, uh, given what he's done. And and then you got to buy him out. So they're not going to do that. They're stuck with Jimbo Fisher. They never should have extended him. That was After crazy. one good season. Unbelievable. His phone was not ringing. Nope. He was going to be there. He, he couldn't wait to get out of Tallahassee because he'd worn out his welcome. And now you give him all, you give him that extra $30 million and you – Painted yourself into a corner, and that's uh, self-inflicted. Well, how about this? See if you agree with this. I, I do think the deal breaker. Yeah, you know, my my fault with a lot of college programs. Well, one is the ads are just stupid and bureaucratic. They get played. They they these coaches apply leverage that doesn't really exist. You know, like Jimbo Fisher is going to go to the NFL, really. Um, but my. Here's my scenario. I, I agree with you. I don't think they whack him this year. I just don't think they know what they want to do. But imagine this. First time in the SEC, a loss to Texas at home. I think that's got to be a deal breaker. Well, but it, it's what happens. Texas beats them. That's usually what happens. And I, I think right at this moment, Texas is in a way better position oh, yeah. for success in 2024 in the SEC than the Aggies are. Agreed. But I just, I, I, I think that might be the tipping point. I might think, I think they made him just whack him in the, in the hallway and not even know what they're going to do about it. They're just going to be so frustrated because the guy's an insufferable jackass on top of everything else that you throw in a loss to Texas in their first year in the SEC would just be too much to take. I don't even know if they would hire someone else. I just know they would just fire him. Davis might be like the Green Bay Packers, not have an ownership, just let the fans run the team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't where do you where where does Deion Sanders go next? Uh 
I I could see him. It's going to be the South, um, and I think um, somewhere Miami Crystal Ball really yeah. stepped in it this weekend with that by not taking a knee. So they, the buzzards are starting to circle there. I don't know that they're ready to pull the trigger on him. Florida State's doing well. But um, I just think somewhere in the South, maybe Georgia Tech. I don't know. I, I just think that Dion wants to be in the South. Speaking, if, if George, I don't even know what the coaching situation is at Georgia Tech, but he's an Atlanta guy. He's lived there. That's his town. Uh, somewhere in the South. Uh, proper, pro- preferably for him, I would think the southeast. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Florida, but I mean, he would own the state of Florida. So you think no matter sure. what, A and M threw at him, he wouldn't even take a look. He'd have to. He'd you at, at worst, he'd use it as leverage yeah. for the job he really wants. But yeah. uh, I just don't. I just don't see him as a fit in College Station. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. Um, well, he would, he would do well. Um, and as long as he would win, they would act like he's their friend. They could pretend a lot, but yeah, it's a t- it's a tough fit. I don't think he ends up in the NFL. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, exactly. I, I think the guy, I think the guy is very aware of who he is and what he likes to do. And I think he's very aware that his style would not work in the NFL. I don't think his style would work with grown men. Agreed. Yeah. How long does Steve Sarkeesian stay at Texas? Depends on what happens this year. Um, I think I think I think he's I think he feels like a a five or six more year guy to me, but I could see him coaching at, at the NFL level. He's an offensive guy. Most of the NFL coaches now they're moving toward offensive play calling types. Yep. I think I think that that would play well if he had the right staff. I could I could see him being a successful NFL head coach. Here's one setup for Deion Sanders to think about. Because I think an NFL owner, to your point, always wants to hire offense. An NFL owner is going to say, and it might even be the Chicago Bears, hey Caleb Williams, we'll even bring your coach with with you, even though he'll do he'll do a terrible job. I mean, he'll be Cliff Kingsbury 2.0. Here's the setup though. Lincoln Riley jumps at the foul. Deion Sanders goes to USC. He'd take the USC job because yep. he's Hollywood all day long. Yep. He'd take that job. Yep. That one I could see. And I think Cliff, I think Lincoln Riley, well, first of all, I think they're going to lose two games this year because their defense sucks. But I think he'd be Cliff Kingsbury 2.0. But when the NFL calls and you're a young offensive mind, you got to do it. You have to try it. You have to. And I don't think Lincoln Riley won any part of the Big Ten. No, exactly. All right, man, as always, good stuff, Sid. Okay, dog. Later. This is Buy or Sell.